It's a freaking fast podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another freaking fast podcast with me tonight, John Bogenjuice. How are you, John? Good. And uh, the building off of our Star 91 Building the Crosses podcast, still with us tonight, Josh Talbot and Frank Sullivan. Josh, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. And Frank, how are you? Doing great. You guys are good sports. You're going to do our crazy uh, two-minute question and answer here on our Freaking Fast. There's a timer that will go off and when the two minutes are up. And I have the first question, and here we go. Both of you, Frank and Josh, marched in the championship show with the Star of Indiana in 1991. My question is, where do you keep your championship ring? (laughs) (laughs) My championship ring is gone. Oh, it's, uh, I'm actually embarrassed to talk about it, but it's, uh, <laughs> matter of fact, I'm, I'm probably not going to give you the details of it, but it's, um, <laughs> I may have gotten angry and anyhow, there's no, uh, there's no ring anymore. Oh, <laughs> do I have to put you on the spot for that? Are you, are you sorry I asked this? <laughs> Maybe a little. That's oh, okay. no. How about you, Frank? Well, first of all, you should do a podcast on where, on that actual story, uh, which would be awesome. But my, mine is much more boring. I keep it right on my desk. Okay, very good. All right. Well, that didn't take two minutes, but oh. no, no, that's fine. Let's move on. Elaborate on that story, Frank. <laughs> well, all right. Here, here's the here's the long version. I've always kept it on my desk. <laughs> that's, that's the long version. Jo- Josh's version would be would take a, a little while. All right, that's awesome. Let's move on, John. What's your question? How tall is the desk? <laughs> <laughs> Detail. John, listeners all are right, clicking off. Let's go. go, man. All right, so let's assume we're all marching band directors. If you could pick any film composer to write original music for your marching band, who would you want? Money wow. is no object, by the way. Any film to put? Well, I, I would say John Williams or Hans Zimmer. Why? My, my, my favorite film composer is Thomas Newman because I, I absolutely just love, um, you know, Shawshank Redemption and, and yeah. just, just some of his, just his, his color and his tone and his mood to me are just, it's so exemplary. It's, it's, it's almost like it's the simplest. But but evokes the most emotion. But of course, for exciting and and fast paced effects, you know, uh, John Williams is the king of that. And and lately, honestly, I think Hans Zimmer, you know, with the Inception soundtrack and and the oh, stuff yeah. he just did for Superman, man, it's just it's awesome. And if you go on YouTube, you can look up some of those recording sessions where he has eight bass trombones and twelve tubas and. Nine million French horns, it seems like, or for the, for the Superman soundtrack, you'll see all the different drum sets, uh, and, and drummers he had to record that, uh, uh, it just would lend itself perfectly to the, to the field. Oh yeah, I did see that with the drum, drum set players. Yeah, it, amazing. And yeah. what's funny, what's interesting about Hans Zimmer is that there was a time where he almost went completely um, computerized sound. So, you know, he had, he had recorded a sound library of professional musicians and there are several soundtracks he did that are mostly, uh, from the computer, you know, even though it sounds like an orchestra and now he's kind of come full circle to where he just loves getting these massively big, you know, ensembles of, you know, the inception soundtrack. When you listen to some of that and, and the, the French horns and the low brass, 
It is so epic. Um, and, and it's funny to know that, you know, he went to the, to the point of he had a, a, a massive library <laughs> computer. Uh, <laughs> that duck means time is up, but this is, guess, this is interesting. You can finish. I was going to say, I guess you could just say he likes getting his face blown off drum force style. Oh, that, yeah. Well, yeah, and those son- the sonic nature of those movies when you're in them is part of why we love going and sitting in that dark theater. Yeah. Josh, you didn't Josh. get to answer. No, I would, you know, I'm going to have to agree with Frank. Pretty much, he and I have talked about this before, so we're, we're pretty much see, see eye to eye on that, that topic. Okay. I would, I would have to say Michael Giacchiano, or however mm-hmm. you say his name. Mm-hmm. That's a good choice. He yeah, just seems great. to have a good feel of where, I mean, not to say that John Williams or Hans Zimmer doesn't, but he has a great feel of where the music's going to go and developing themes. And, and I think that would play really well on, on the field. Yeah. yeah. Good choice. Okay. Next question. And two minutes to answer. Thinking back to your year in Star 91, which member of the staff that year would you most like to have dinner with and why? Go ahead, Josh. Um, probably Jim Prime. Hmm. I, I mean, Jim Prime is one of the most interesting people I've ever talked to in my life. I mean, he can talk about anything, and he can talk about it on uh, the deepest level that you can talk about a subject. So uh, in past conversations with Jimmer, I would say that um, he would be the guy I'd want to eat with and talk to. Yeah, I, I would say Jimmer absolutely. I mean, I've, I've both Josh and I have been very fortunate to have a, a really close relationship with Donnie Van Dorn over the years, and so you know um, where I've seen him so much and, and worked with him so much, I would still say that you know I would love I, I, you know we haven't done this and I don't know why, but I would love to have a dinner with Donnie where we just talk Star ninety one and hear some stories because. Uh, I was recently on a golfing trip with a friend, Brent Montgomery, who was on the staff uh, in 91 and 92 and 93, and he was telling some stories from those years that I couldn't believe. I mean, I'd never heard them, and it was from the staff bus or from the staff meeting. So it would be fun to sit down with Donnie and just have him, and Jimmer, and, and just have them kind of go back to that time and, and let us know kind of the <laughs> in, inside stories, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. If you make that happen, can we have a mic there somewhere hidden away? (laughs) Because I'd love to hear that and share that too. Sure, sure. Very cool. Um, So nobody's going to say Zingali. Well, I mean, I I thought about saying that, but you know, (laughs) since he's since he's not with us anymore, you know what? The really cool thing about about George and, and you know people across all the activities and people that worked with him and. Yeah, I was, I was only fortunate enough to be around him one year and he still made a huge impact on my life. And I remember the first day I walked into Star Hall for the first camp, there was this crazy guy that looked homeless in the lobby and he, <laughs> and he had that, he had this accent and I literally thought it was, it was some, it was some member's crazy father. And, and I walked in and he goes, what's your name? And I was like, uh, Frank. And, and, and he's like, what's your last name? And I said, uh, Sullivan. He goes, Sully. I'm calling you Sully, just like my Sully at Cadets. And, of course, I didn't know what he was talking about. And I literally thought to myself, can someone get this crazy person away from me? I'm so uncomfortable. So then about 20 minutes later, we meet in the gym, 
and they introduced George Zingali, you know, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there horrified that I thought he was this homeless father, <laughs> and all I wanted him to do was get away from me. I mean, it was just, but but that's how he made you feel. He made you feel important, even though he'd never seen me before, and I could have been a horrible player and marcher, and and or I could have, you know, I, I may not have made the core, but he. You know, he was there greeting every person as they came in the door at the very first camp and making a, making conversation with them. I mean, that's something that I wish I would have the, the emotional in, investment in to do that, you know, at drum corps or at band. I mean, it's just amazing. After all those years, and that was, you know, the year before he passed away, and he was still interested in every single person. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, John, what's your Perfect. next question? All right. Um, we already found out what instrument you played for the uh, people who didn't listen to the Star of Indiana 91 podcast. Josh played French horn, and Frank played trumpet. And I played trumpet, and Tim, you played French horn, right? Yes. So what instrument, if you could not play your main instrument, go back and do it, what instrument would you play instead? Hmm. I'll start. I'll say trombone. I just, What's I don't know why. I, I think mainly, I, I think for me, it would, uh, it's an awesome instrument, but I think it would help me, uh, learn a little bit more or rely on my ears a little bit more than I what, actually what, did when I played trumpet. <laughs> what, what drum corps and what year am I, am I playing this instrument? No, just in general <laughs> to go back and do it. <clears throat> that would make a difference to your thinking, that, huh? That definitely would make a difference. Um, what, just uh, in general. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's tough. I don't know. Well, Josh, I've seen you play piano. And Yeah. I wish I were a better piano player. So, yeah, probably yeah. piano. I, I would have to say piano or cello. I, I just – there's something about the cello that, um, you know, whether it's Rostropovich or Yo-Yo Ma, it, it, it's just – I don't know. It's haunting. It's beautiful. It's I, it's incredibly difficult, I'm sure. I mean, I played the instrument where you press down three buttons, and whether you intended to or not, kind of the right sound's going to come out. But I remember in, in string class in college, picking up the cello for the first time. Um, I, 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 you know, <laughs> I, I was just making sounds that should never be made on a stringed instrument. So I have I have <laughs> the uh, the utmost respect for. For string players, and I, I think that's probably my favorite instrument would be cello, followed closely by piano. Yeah, John, don't you have a cello player in your family now? Yeah, my my nine year old's picking up, and I, I'm actually that would have been my second choice after trombone because I'm sitting there playing, practicing it, trying to help him tune it, uh, and I've, I'm finally able to play Pachelbel's Canon on it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's fun to play, and I sound terrible. <laughs> well, Tim, what would you choose? I was going to say baritone. Okay. I, I love writing for low brass for whatever reason. Mm. So I, I tend to think a lot about low brass and, and French horn parts in the music I write. Nice. And piccolos for some reason. Okay, last question. <laughs> and we've, al- <laughs> we've almost answered it a little bit, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Let's say that you had a, a magic wand and you could poof, you could bring any musician or performer um Suddenly, right in front of you to perform for you for the next hour, and the whole stage is set up or whatever you would need to hear them play, who would you choose to, to give you a special personal concert right now? What musician 
would you want to hear? Can it be an ensemble? Yeah, I'll, I'll say any any group or person, sure. Okay. Go ahead. I, I, w- I would go with German Brass for me. Because? Jed, if you've ever listened to any, any of their recordings, you would know why. Yeah. <laughs> They're just <Yeah>. spot on. <laughs> spot on accurate and just amazing musicality. They are. They're, they're the Carolina crown of brass band. Okay, cool. It, it, I, for me, I, I, it's funny because, you know, I've spent most of my time writing um, music for marching band. So it's constant high energy, constant um, do as much as you can in a certain amount of time. So I, I normally listen to more mellow music um, and not mellophone. More, you know, uh, but more singer songwriter. And, and I fell in love with this album last year, uh, by Bon Iver, self titled album. And, uh, the, the guy's name is Justin Vernon and, and the, the album he put out. In fact, he won the Grammy for best new artist and it was hilarious to see, um, oh my goodness, what, uh, what's the name of the, what's the name of the girl that wears the blonde wig? Uh, oh, goodness. No, no, no. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. You're, you're going to have to get more specific than just that. <laughs> right. That does not help much. Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. Oh, okay. Uh, they, they were announcing Best New Artist, and, and it was between, you know, Nicki Minaj and someone else, and they, they announced Bon Iver, and then uh, I'm on my homeless man theme, but he got up on stage, and he was wearing, like, a wool jacket, and, and everyone was just kind of looking around. And I remember posting on Facebook that night, I was, I was just really happy for him because the album – that, that, that he made is just, it's beautiful. Sorry, Josh. No, it's okay. Well, what, can you spell that real quick in case anyone's listening wants to check that out? Yeah, it's B-O-N, and then the second word is I-V-E-R, Bony Bear. And the album is just self-titled Bony Bear. And I'd, I'd recommend putting on some headphones and just kind of late at night, just, just give it a few listens. And it's one of those things that grows on you. Awesome. How about you, Josh? Um, I would probably choose Andre Segovia. I would have him uh, set up his classical guitar right here in the middle of my living room and play Bach cello suites and preludes and uh, all sorts of stuff. Wow, that's great. Some in-your-face music. I, I think another thing you'd find interesting <laughs> about Josh is that he and his wife, Holly, they have they have uh, men pens, dogs. And his first men pen when he was at Indiana University, they named Mambo. And um, the, the the latest one is named Banjo. So that's kind of that's 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 what Josh Pins is. You know, he he works for the he works basically for the government d- designing guidance software, and then he gets home and and he lets his men pins out, and it turns into romper room. <laughs> that sounds so very need, healthy to that's me. That's right. So I need Andre Segovia to to chill me out in the evenings. <laughs> Awesome. And I'm going to say Pat Metheny because oh, yeah. I, I love his music and, and I've had the, anytime I've seen him in concert, it's been some of the highlights of my music life. Oh, so. Well, now that you've said that, <laughs> I, would to, I would have to go with Metheny as well. But, uh. Everybody's changing the answer. <laughs> well, it's, it's hard because, you know, like Pat Metheny, he's, he's timeless, especially with people of our, our generation. Yeah. You could, you know, like you just mentioned that name, and I'm sure Josh wasn't even thinking about it. And now it's it's like, oh my goodness, that's the obvious choice. And that's that's what's interesting about musicians. 
Uh, I actually, ironically, I had a text from another person who was in, in Star of Indiana that year, Ben Harloff, who is, um, you know, on the staff of Carolina Crown with his brother, Matt. And Ben, Ben just texted me <laughs> this evening, what are you listening to these days? I need something new. And it's funny how you can go through that. You have that favorite in the moment, all time album. And then, you know, you move on to the next one and, and, and then you bring up Pat Metheny. It's like, oh my goodness, I remember first circle and the first time you discovered all that. And, right. And it's awesome. It's all life changing. I'm going to give you a, a track and you can thank me for this later. Have you heard of the album, uh, Rambling Boy by no. Charlie Hayden? Uh, so Charlie Hayden, you know, legendary jazz bass player. Yeah. He has, he has an album called Rambling Boy. And I guess when he was a little kid, his family, they would, uh, they would do like old bluegrass shows. They would get on the radio over in Kansas City. Um, well, I guess he met Matheny and all, all these guys early on in life. They were all from the same area and they were kind of kindred spirits. Anyhow, he, he created an album a couple years ago called Rambling Boy. And on that album, there's a track called The Fields of Athenry. And, um, he does an arrangement of that song. It's a, it's a, it's a, I think it's a Scottish or Irish folk hymn. I forget which. And it's, it sounds like it was written a hundred years ago, but it was actually just created in the last 20 years. <laughs> but he did this arrangement and Pat Matheny plays on it. It is awesome. Wow. It's a, about a seven and a half minute track called The Fields of Athenry on Rambling Boy. All right. Well, I'm sure I'm not the only one listening that's about to click off and go to iTunes. And check out some of this music. So, guys, thanks for all the great suggestions. And uh, thanks for joining us on a Freaking Fast Podcast. It was fun. I'll, I'll, I'll mention one more thing, just drum corps related. Sure. I just thought about this. Uh, I taught cadets in, in 98 and 99. And I got really close with Neil Larrabee. And um, Neil, a couple of years ago, sent me a CD of a, of a, a person that was in the pit. Uh, I believe it was 1999. And it, it, it's cool because this is, you know, someone that was in drum corps and then has gone on to become a, an incredible composer. His name is Andy Akiho, A-K-I-H-O. And um, his self-titled album, or uh, his first album was called No One to No One. And if you look it up for people who love percussion, um, he's amazing. He writes music that with with cameras I've never heard, such as clarinet and harp, or harp and steel drum. And, um, you know, what, I believe when he was at Yale getting his master's in composition, I think that's where it was, where he was when he, when he wrote this album. But that has now sparked, uh, I, he's got commissions with, uh, the LA Phil. I believe New York Philharmonic is going to do a piece of his. He's absolutely blowing up in the classical world. Uh, but I, I would, I would go find on iTunes Andy Akiho. No one to no one. And, uh, man, just sit down and it, it's, it's really cool to see someone because you can hear in his music how influenced he was by, you know, drum corps and, and Neil and, and, you know, being in that formative phase of, uh, when you really are getting excited about music. And now he's a, he's an alumni of drum corps that's going on to become a, a huge, um, composer. So it's awesome. Happy nice. That's awesome. Thanks for hey, mentioning can, that. Can I add in that we simultaneously suck? And succeed at the Freaking Fast podcast, the four of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't necessarily fast, but I think it was pretty freaking good. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to call it a night. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.